All right, welcome back, everybody, to uh, the segment with Harry and Joe, the Relationship Society. Um, you know, we've kind of been through uh, a lot of topics. Uh, our first one was why relationships fail. Uh, then we went on to kind of like the blame game, attachment styles, and so forth. And now what we want to go into is actually what makes relationships work, what makes them great. Um, kind of taking your relationship from the ordinary to extraordinary. Right, Joe? That's right, Harry. We're going to be, uh, you know, as we look at, I think, over the last kind of several decades, there's just been this evolution of relationships. And, um, you know, one of the things I, 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 I always say, especially with what we have confronting right now, because it is such a societal issue and gender issue and war, because um, we can't live in a world without war until we really heal the war between the sexes, Harry. It's going to be, and really to heal the war between the sexes, we have to really begin to heal the war within ourselves. And that means becoming more conscious and awake and aware to uh, the patterns that we run in relationships. So these 10 pillars are a way for people to move from what we think of as ordinary relationships to kind of more extraordinary relationships. Because the only way that relationships are going to thrive in the future is to have what we talked about last time around attachment styles and these conflicts is really having a, these shared context and language and tools. And because we're approaching a period of time, Harry, when relationships are ready to go through a major uh, redesign. You know, we talked about my book, The Reboot Your Relationship, and it's really about moving people from that old 1.0 relationship operating system. And if people really want to thrive, finding and discovering how to get to 2.0, 3.0, you know, 7.0, wherever you want to take it to break through those upper limit uh, barriers. But you see, Harry, the current paradigm isn't working. And so people are unsatisfied in love and relationships and, and people, you know, uh, we don't really know how to make relationships work. Uh, did you get that? Did you get that memo in college or growing up or? You know? I don't know how to make relationships work, bro. Of course, man. I, I'm on 1.1. <laughs> I mean, I, I zero point five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought I was on one point but thanks to you, I'm on one point one now. You know. <laughs> well, and believe it or not, this isn't necessarily a bad thing, Harry. I mean, we're all in this together, right? Because yeah. when systems break down, and they do, that's when they change. That's when relationships change. Yeah. And I believe that's why it's happening in the area of an intimate partnership and relationship. And the breakdown is forcing us, Harry, to move towards more conscious love and being more awake and uh, loving self and loving others. And, you know, so, you know, really getting into understanding what a conscious relationship is really about, you know. Um, the Rumi quote that you absolutely love that I introduced is our task isn't to find love. Our task is to find all the barriers that we set against it, against love. And, and, and that's going to be in the context of a, like a, relation, a romantic relationship in which both partners are feeling commit, committed to a sense of purpose, and that purpose is growth. Uh, it's individual growth, collective growth. It's uh, as a couple and growth that makes the world a better place. And, and that's where the healings then become, uh, more of what the Relationship Society and uh, the new upcoming book, The Rewire Your Relationship DNA, all this stuff is happening you know, uh, collectively, and you can see it, 
uh, happening around us, you know? Because as of now, most people get into relationship to satisfy really their own personal uh, needs. And, you know, and this may work for a couple years or whatever, but eventually the relationship fails us because we end up unsatisfied as a result when it's all about what's in it for me, right? right. So. Right, 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 exactly. That's, that's the key. So, you know, I know you and I are both on, um, on, a, on a time limit today. So why don't we just. Yeah, we got 10 core pillars that we want to talk about. Yeah. And we may only be able to get through a few of them and we'll, we'll carry through to the other one. It'll help people kind of take the few that we do give them uh, yeah. something, something new. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sounds great. So what, let's start, you know, let's, let's go with it. Having a fixed self. What, what, do you, what, is, what is this about? Well, I mean, to make a distinction, the commonplace between, let's say, ordinary views uh, that lead to having a commonplace, ordinary relationship, um, what we found and what I found and what I've been really researching is cutting-edge stuff that most people haven't even discovered yet that we're bringing to people or that, I found that these there's 10 such beliefs that seem like they make sense on the surface, right? Um, but when we actually begin to dry, dive down and uh, look at it, the, the things that we think work actually strangle the magic out of relationships. And what could actually be kind of an epic lasting love affair actually um, becomes kind of diminished and uh, over time. So we want to offer a new broader context for each of these types of themes here that we're going to, uh, these pillars so that we can have, uh, when I talk about this breaking through the upper limit barriers to love and connection and really having this extraordinary epic love relationship. And a lot of us don't even understand what that means, but for each pair being able to really begin to notice, um, you know, uh, the part of us that wants to agree here with some of the ordinary stuff, the ordinary view, but let's see if we can begin to expand our, our perspective, our paradigms, our views uh, of, of ways of creating a, a extraordinary relationship. So, um, so Harry, I think the number one thing I think is we all come into, you talked about having a fixed self. Um, we're all running patterns, Harry. We talked about these attachment patterns from the past, these styles, these unconscious uh, ways of being that are kind of fixed, right? And we talked about problems, finding solutions, and patterns kind of being a fixed way of being. But having in a relationship, let's say having a fixed self um, in an ordinary, just an ordinary relationship, um, what happens here is that we relate to ourselves as mostly this fixed identity with wants and needs and uh, preferences and dreams and passions. Uh, and then we look for a partner that can fit into, let's say, the picture, that frame, right? And I always say it's, it's, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. So I'm trying to get people out of that frame. So they, but what happens in this ordinary relationship is that they meet as many uh, they're looking for someone to meet as many needs, wants, and preferences as possible, let's say, without obstructing our self-expression uh, too much. But uh, we look for, yeah, the, what's in it for me, you know? So we look for someone that fits this image of 
what our ideal partner would be. Complete would like to say, and we talked about this before, what we get attracted to. We get attracted to the lifestyle, the physical appearance, all these other desirable qualities and traits. But what you begin to experience with somebody after three, six, nine months, 10 months a year is their character, you know, the attachment stuff. So moving people from having, let's say, this need for a fixed self to creating a, uh, having more of a fixed commitment. Um, wow. You know that's what I mean? Awesome. And that's awesome. not, right. And that's not our identity that's fixed, but our commitment to the relationship. And that's where breaking through the upper limit, uh, re- upper limit barrier for people is, you know, who we are because who you are, Harry, and who I am and who our lover is, that continues to change. So orbiting around a shared commitment to love because as the relationship grows, it needs, wants, preferences, those change. Because when we talked about in I think one or two, episode one or two, is about that relationship operating system being like a 1.0, but moving that from 1.0 operating relationship operating system to like a 3.0, as it changes, so do we. So that's allowing and growing the relationship to set the stage for our own growth and development. So we're not trying to fit the relationship and our partners into some idea of compatibility with a fixed view of ourselves. Instead, that view of the fact that our compatibility is fixed and that we allow that fact to inform us of who we must become moment to moment. So it's each, each of those steps that we take is unfolding more and more, but we're committing to the, you know, a fixed commitment. Does that fit? Does that make sense? Do you guys hear this? Do you guys hear this? This is insane. I mean, this is like, I got a dry erase board, my, my whole, my whole <laughs> pattern, right? I mean, this is because, you know, even today, I, I can tell you, I, I'm, I'm totally honest guy about this. I, I can go out there and say, well, I'm looking for this, 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 and this, you know, and yeah. that's where I'm already going wrong. That's right. Out of the that's gate. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it's like, what's in it for me? You yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's not who, because we want to have an extraordinary relationship, but to have that, we got to reverse engineer that, Harry, is who do I need to be, do, and ha- to have? Does that make sense? It's, yeah, it's really, who am I going to be in relationship, right? So, so that's kind of pillar one or yeah. guidepost one, whatever you want to call it. It's one of those things to really begin evaluating how to expand and grow and learn how to be, you know, more alive in your relationships. Amazing. So, okay. Two. Yeah. Let's go number numero dos. Um, well, the, a lot of us, we go into therapy or we go to classes or, th- or whatever thinking, you know, relationship is work. And um, anyone who's been in like a serious relationship that knows that relationships are hard work. I mean, they do take time and effort and energy and commitment to devotion, you know, and if we don't do the work of staying connected and navigating each other's triggers, let's say in shortcomings, you know, eventually the relationship's going to atrophy and eventually fall apart. And all that sounds really true, right? Because they are, they, and it even sounds right. Um, but this hard work, because we tend to attract the people as partners who know how to push our buttons uh, the best. And over time, even the smallest flaws in our partners can become difficult 
and be, you know, be this uh, to be with because we're repeating our own patterns. Wait, you're so, saying we want people, we, we attract people that push our buttons the best like that? Yeah. That's, that's natural. That's right. So but conflict is, is, is guaranteed to happen because it's gonna, stress and conflict is absolutely going to happen in a relationship because you have these personality differences and lifestyle differences and value differences and dream differences, no matter how, even a couple that comes in, they go, wow, we are so alike. We have shared dreams and vision and all this stuff, but there's something else carry at play, you know? So what I want to help couples move from is this idea of having this ordinary relationship where it's work, you know, and that's not to say that it doesn't take time and energy and investing, you know, investing into it, but relationship, we want to move that into being more privilege and play. So if you relate to like, let's say relationship is work, what's the metaphor and the paradigm you're bringing into the relationship? Because that's, that brings in all sorts of associations of burden and obligations in all manners of like heavy and unpleasant things to relationship. Yeah. Um, so if you want to break through this limit, limiting belief to realize that the, that the privilege of relationship is to have someone walking down that same path with you and practicing with you because the relationship we talk about, I talk about extensively is being this crucible, this path, this practice, this place of healing, this safe, sacred, secure base that two people can kind of work through uh, different things. But you get to you get to be together and play together as you learn to develop yourself, right? And it can be, it can be. You can you can do, but you can either do this development alone, <laughs> which a lot of people do, with with no companion, or or you can do the same development in context of a loving and, and, and being in love type of scenario. And it's a context that allows you to see relationship as this infinite game where you get to experiment and play and experience the preciousness of having a partner in answering your deepest and most important questions of life. Does that make Great. sense? Yeah, so I'm already going to go into a relationship knowing that I'm going to I'm going to be attracted to someone who's going to push my buttons, that we're gonna, definitely going to fight. And then I've already got to cancel how I think of what a relationship is. So I'm already going into a relationship knowing that I've got to go in with a mindset knowing that I'm going to grow. This is going to be hard, but this is the only way I'm going to grow is through this relationship. That's right. That's right. Okay, cool. Three. Yep. Um, well, we want to make a distinction between, and we talked about this in one other session about how we evaluate our partner. You know, that seems like that's important. When you're trying to figure out if an ordinary relationship is going to work out, we look at how well your partner meets specific your needs in the in, in very important areas of your life. Right? Uh, are they successful enough? Sense enough? Caring enough? Spiritual enough? Um, you know, was the sex great? You know, making sure that your partner is measuring up is an important prerequisite to, let's say, a fulfilling relationship. So no that's measuring kind of, in sex, Joe. No measuring in sex. <laughs> Especially in inches, right? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so what we want to help couples really begin to explore and do is to move from evaluating your partner, right, to evolving yourself. Because in an actual relationship, we look at the ways we're not getting what we want 
as, as pointing to our shortcomings, our limitations, our lack. Because if we don't have enough, in a, let's say, of a, a particular experience in relationship, it's our task to really figure out who we need to become to either add what's missing or inspiring our partner to add it freely, right? Or evolve beyond the point where that occurs to us as a need or a want. It doesn't occur as a need or a want. So that's going to be something that we want to be able to look at is that if I want to have the one, I got to be the one. This means I'm evolving myself. So whatever arises on the path and practice area of love, it's really just mirroring back to me where I get to grow and evolve more, right? Got it. That's the extraordinary part. And it's important you have that type of thing. Go oh, on. That's great. That's great. Okay, Friday morning for me, this is already a great start to my day. All right, let's go on. <laughs> let's go on. Commitment to each other. Right. Well, right. That's, that's what it, that sounds, that's going to be an ordinary relationship, right? We're committing yeah. to one another. That sounds right. It, yeah. I mean, and we should be committed to one another. And well, it's it's probably true. what majority of the people say. That's what their expectation is. Right. But it and can go natural. better. That's right. And it's natural to prioritize your commitment to each other above all else. And, um, you know, and commitment to each other in a relationship is what creates the feeling, let's say, of safety. And, and that allows for deeper intimacy and connection and belonging. But if one partner is more committed than the other, then guess what? This lack of balance will be this constant source of irritation and frustration in the relationship. And of course, if you're not committed to each other, then when something better comes along or things get hard, the relationship can simply dissolve. That's why that commitment to each other doesn't work, right? Now, committing, now here's where we want to shift is committing to a larger, let's say, context. Because mm. that polarity, the binary between two people is not maintained, let's say, through commitment to each other from one pole to another pole, from an eye to eye, but through each person's commitment to what you and I have been talking about, this third pole, this we, which is a higher sense of purpose for the relationship and both people in it. So if, if we're more committed, to, let's say, to the context that we have for the relationship itself and to the other person, we begin to avoid the common push and pull and uh, of compromise and allow each you know of each person that relationship to continue to evolve towards a relationship's higher purpose whatever that is so some examples of a healthy third poles for that might be including inspiring the full of self-expression to live a, an extraordinary life or to open up more deeply you know to one another and to grow and evolve um and all those things are really important but moving it from, hey, we're committing to one another to this larger context. Does that Love make it. sense? Love it. Love it. Let's do one more. We got okay, some let's time. go. Loving let's do one more, and then we'll parts. do the other. Okay. We'll, we'll do, we'll do the, the rest later. We'll go through the first five, and then we'll continue with the other five. So let's, that. Do, let's do this. Love certain parts versus loving all parts. Yeah. Well, in an ordinary relationship, you know, we come to realize that our partner has many different faces, right? You know, some of which we love and other parts that we can grow to accept, you know, and to make our relationship last. We tend to downplay or minimize the parts uh, we don't care for, then highlight the ones that we love 
uh, and encouraging our partner. And all that sounds legit, right? Yeah, right? sounds like normal. Yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's loving certain parts. When, but in an extraordinary relationship, Harry, this is the hard work, right? Okay, um, there's a book called Wabi Sabi Love, and it's about loving. Uh, Wabi Sabi Love is this idea that uh, Ariel Ford talks about with um, uh, these the Japanese have this uh, old tradition of, of taking broken vases and, and these broken vases are filled with gold, uh, 24 karat gold. They accentuate the, the vase, they take that vase, they put it in a museum and highlight the fractured and the imperfection, you know, and loving a perfect, you know, an imperfect person perfectly means loving all parts. Then we deliberately begin to seek and uncover any of the unsavory or unhealthy or unattractive parts of our partner in order to give them love. Now we're not talking codependency or tolerating certain things like addiction, abuse, infidelity, you know, all those types of things. We're talking about stuff that, you know, learning to cherish and make love to all parts of your partner, especially the ones without the ribbons and bows. Um, But not only to have those parts that have never been received or loved from anyone else in your partner's life, um, but because what we want to help couples really begin to do is that understand that they have never received love or acceptance from their, their, their partners themselves for themselves. So in loving these impoverished parts, our partner's shadow really can become healed and integrated into a more glorious new whole. And that's where the conscious relationship can really take us. It's, it can be privilege in play. It's, you know, it can be a tense, it can be a, a, a wild ride back home where, you know, if we've had this experience, Harry, where sometimes love is a, you know, love is a circus. Other times it's a, it's a ghost town, but we want to be able to find ways to get into that part. So. All right. So anyhow, uh, we'll continue this um, tomorrow. We'll get, we'll really get into depth on the remaining five pillars of being extraordinary. Joe, thank you so much just for your input. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, man. Big love. We'll see you on the other side. You got it. You're out.